So me, Kathy, Matt, Clay. Yes. Good. Me, Kathy, Matt, Clay. Your last. Kathy, Clay. Matt, Clay, Morgan, Michaelatus, Morgan. Okay, I'm ready. I thought it was by first name. What? <laughs> Are you joking? All in the same place. No. Is it? Do our last names line up with our first names? Mine do. Yes. No. No. You're Clay Morgan. I'm J.R. Foresteros. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounded like Kathy, yours do because you are alliterated. And so is Matt. Clay right. Are the mm. Unless Clay and I both went by our first names, then we would all. Yeah, that's right. It's then first name. Alliterated. It's first name. That's what I said. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Aaron, could you send that to me so I can make it my ringtone? Because <laughs> you're obsessed with me. I am. Uh, everyone knows that that listens to this show. <laughs> All right, here wait, we go. So, so wait, who am I going after? up everybody welcome back to the fascinating podcast this is your season four premiere episode i'm jr foresteros i'm kathy kong i'm matt michelotis and i'm clay morgan Woo! uh we are going to spend a little bit of time catching up see what we've all been doing while the entire globe has been wrapped up in a pandemic and by entire globe of course i mean only the united states because we're the only country that hasn't done what we were told uh but uh we're also going to talk about what's ahead of us for season four and do a little bit of pop culture catch-up so uh matt your state is on fire or adjacent to states that are on fire how's it going over there i mean it's most of the coast is on fire it's getting better uh oregon the fires are the worst in quite some time half a million oregonians were told to evacuate their homes uh which is pretty close you know i'm across the river but uh, we've had unbreathable smoky air for uh over a week now uh i've got a uh, air filter attached to a box fan with bungee cords and it is goodness brown from blowing in my house it is disgusting uh and yeah i've had a low-level headache most days uh, and of course, we're some of the fortunate ones. We're we're just getting the smoke, not the fire here. Um, but yeah, it's been a little nuts. And you put the pandemic on top of it, and various other issues. And uh, yeah, it's pretty. I, I did notice everyone's wearing a mask now because it hurts <laughs> to breathe. So oh uh, I also understand that you keep having more rabbits in your house, but not for the <laughs> usual reason. Yeah, some friends of Krista's that uh, had to evacuate. Uh, we're trying to, they have like a little, it's not a farm, but they just have tons of animals. They asked if we could take their rabbits. So we ended up having three rabbits for a few nights, which was pretty entertaining. Nice. Uh, Kathy, what about you? How's Chicago these days? Chicago is not burning. Uh, we're, we're lucky. We're, yeah, we're lucky. We're leveling <laughs> off. We did manage to send off the children. So all three children were home uh, starting March 17th. All three kids were home. And then our oldest finally went back to her fabulous life in Brooklyn at the end of June. So we were spending a lot of time together. A lot of time. (laughs) Like all the time together. (laughs) And we watched a very long list of 
movies and streamed all sorts of things. I don't think I have the complete list, actually. I think Bethany did. Um, So that's what we've been doing. And then the boys are off to college, trying not to catch COVID and taking classes online while being far away from us. Good times. What you know, I know your youngest, this is his first year. So <laughs> yeah. what is what is it like for I mean, especially you have two kids that have already uh gone to college and at least right. had at least one year that right. was a quote unquote normal. So Correct. like as a parent observing that, what what has that difference been like? Yeah, it's been a little strange and a little sad and definitely felt more anxious as a parent sending them off. Like there was a different supply list, like uh Lysol spray. And then I offered to send him with Clorox wipes and I showed him the container and I said, will you use these? And he looked at me and answered back, what would I need them for? (laughs) And so then I decided, yeah, no, I'm not going to waste these valuable Clorox wipes that I could probably send, sell for $30 a canister on you. I'll send send the wipes and masks. So I sent each boy with like three weeks worth of masks that you can wash, but also not often, you know, not sure how often the freshman will do laundry. I know that the older one who's a fourth year will do laundry. Um, and it's been hard. He, it, it's just not the same, right? They're sort of meeting people, but not really activity fair, but not really. Uh, and then his university, University of Illinois, They are requiring all students to spit twice a week and be tested, and it's being tracked. So if you don't spit and don't get tested, you have limited access to university buildings. they have a spit test? Yes. So it's a rapid test that they've developed, and they they did not get a chip in their heads, but, you know, they carry their chip. It's called their cell phone. So, yeah, so they can't get into certain university buildings if they don't take the two – COVID tests a week. Wow. Yeah. So um, he has said that it's not quite what he expected college to be, but he's glad to be there. Um, you know, you can't eat in the cafeteria, so everything is like you're always eating carryout. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of styrofoam. So there you go. I don't know. They're they're doing they're doing what they can. Uh, wow. Matt, what what is what is your children's education look like in the time of COVID coming back uh, out of the summer? Yeah, Zoe's doing everything from distance. So instead of going to Boston, she stayed home. Her school made it optional to come to campus. So there are some on campus, some not on campus. Every class is being live streamed, uh, even if it's being held in person. So, like, if I were there in person, I would be in my dorm room or I could go to class, but it would also be live streamed. uh, Either. Uh, Okay. It sounds like with the larger classes, to allow them to be socially distant, uh, kids or students, I guess, uh, are only allowed to go a certain number of times a week. So it's split up. Like, if you have 60 kids in the class, it'll be split 30 each time. You kind of have a ticket, you know, that you're allowed to get in. There is some testing. They have some dorms set aside that are for anyone who goes positive. I I don't know that they've had many at this time. Um, But Zoe says many of her friends are being er, uh, unwise in their decisions uh, along those lines, as you might guess. Uh, Micah 
all, her school is completely online. So that's sixth grade. And then Allie, I just dropped off in Santa Barbara where she's doing dance school and her, her school is not uh, able to hold classes yet, uh, but they can have a handful of dancers in at a time to kind of be like the examples on the Zoom calls. So she's going in, I think, twice a week for in-person class uh, with just a handful of girls. And then she does the rest at home with her roommates. Clay, uh, how is being in a home with two working from home professionals? Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, in my day, you could go be an unwise college kid without causing a global pandemic. And this is <laughs> sad. Participating in. I don't know that they're causing it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird. Everybody's in the same boat, so I'm not breaking any news here, but it's just um, – yeah, Jen and I uh, left the house together yesterday. And that alone, we, I mean, we weren't just like running to the post office. Like we actually got dressed and went to like a thing for, for work, a social distance meeting. And uh, we inadvertently were completely color coordinated. And I was like, <laughs> so we haven't, we haven't left the house together in months. And now this is just who people will think we are. Hilarious. <laughs> so it's just <clears throat> little things. I can't. I I I feel like I'm in this house, you know, nonstop. But we get out. We do some different things. Everybody's in the same boat. We're just we're on video calls a lot, and it's just really hard for a lot of people to keep that going. So my first work travel has been scheduled. I have to travel now. Uh, I I was able to get them to pick a city that I could drive to and not have to fly to. Um, but yeah, it's that's going to be interesting. Yes. Wow. Uh, how about you, Jr? What's it What's it like in your household? Yeah, you know, we have a couple of kids in our household who were remote for the first three weeks, and then they fixed nothing and changed nothing about COVID. So it made <laughs> sense to go ahead and bring them back into the building. Yes. So now they're now they're attending in person. Uh, and I don't know, like I work from home anyway. So I actually, I was telling someone the other day, I, I have to put masks, like I have to hide masks in my bag, my, like my backpack or in my, in my car, because I just forget because I leave the house so infrequently, like <laughs> literally maybe once a week, I just forget to take my mask. And so I, like every time I've been out, I've been, I've gone, oh no, like I'm starting to walk in somewhere and realize I don't have my mask and I'm able to like pull it out of its little hidey hole and have a mask, you know. Uh, you think so, you could take your beard and kind of weave something that you could just pin up when you're out? No, here's the actual <laughs> thing. I, I usually wear a bandana because it covers my beard. And I've been told like, that's like, you know, get your whole beard covered. But we went to AMC the other day to see Tenant. And uh, they said, sorry, bandanas aren't allowed. So oh, again, really? fortunately, my yeah, fortunately, my wife had one of my masks hidden in her uh, purse. And so she said, here, here you go. And so I put that on instead. But I was like, oh, I'm really surprised because, you know, my beard pokes out a significant portion of my beard pokes out the bottom of my mask. So uh, it's very strange. But I've been uh, I've been starting to run D and D campaigns. That's been fun. Matt is in a campaign with several of our friends that I've been running, uh, which has been silly and fun. And uh, I uh, 
I, I think I might start another one with a couple of friends just because it's a fun, easy thing to do in my spare time. It keeps me busy and lets me flex my creative muscle. Wait, are you uh, going to run the same story with those other people? I might, yeah. That would be interesting. I mean, I made, I made all those maps. I might as well, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so, and then church, you know, is so strange. I was, I was meeting with my leadership team a couple weeks ago and we were we were recognizing uh, that we have had to do some a bunch of extra stuff outside of the Sunday morning worship experience because we're still completely virtual right now. And there was this sense, you know, for the first several months of the pandemic that people were like, OK, we're going to, you know, buckle down and be in this together and woo-woo, like, you know, we'll watch online and participate. And like now that there's just sort of no end in sight, really. Uh, people are just super over it. And so people are getting, they're feeling more and more disconnected. So we've, we've been having to do a, I I say having, like we're happy to do it, but you know, we, we are, we are now, if we want our folks to feel connected, we're having to do things other than just the virtual worship experience. And so uh, that's been an interesting sort of shift in our energies uh, over the last probably two months and again, for indefinitely into the future. So Dallas is, we, our numbers were like skyrocketing and then they came down. And while they're lower than when they were skyrocketing, they're very far from low. And so, uh, yeah, again, I don't, I just don't see things changing anytime soon, especially when every time I do go out that once a week or so that I go out, you know, you still see, I bet 20% of the people I see aren't wearing masks or anything. So I, I did realize there's one type of person I'm still seeing without a mask with all the smoke here. And that's people on their smoke breaks. Oh. <laughs> you literally can't breathe. And people are standing outside smoking cigarettes. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, you got to get that fix. Yep. I mean, there's, when I no, was in, I, there's no nicotine in the, the fires. So I guess right. that makes sense. When I was an Apple buddy, uh, back when What's I an Apple was, buddy? I worked at Applebee's. That's what the, they were called. You worked at Applebee's? <laughs> oh yeah, Ned. When? Sure. Uh, right after I graduated from college and was starting grad school that summer. Did you have to wear like little pins and flare? The flare? No, I worked in the kitchen, which was even better. Uh, I have some wonderful stories from working in the Applebee's kitchen. Not gross stories. Not what your mind immediately jumped to. Fun stories. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, what I, if uh, we didn't put spit in this one? Right. No, I, I, I say this. I'll say it all the time. Uh, Applebee's, if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, happy to talk to you. Um, I worked in an Applebee's kitchen. I will happily eat at Applebee's. Like, it's not, I don't, I'm not like, ooh, I would never eat there. You know, Ringing like, endorsement. I'm sure they'll right. be signing up for that. Um, <laughs> well, no, a lot of people, like, a lot of people say, like, oh, gosh, so, like, will you never eat in Applebee's since you work there? I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed my time there. But when I was there... I would uh, after about after about a month of being there, I would just like on the cook line when things slowed down. I would look at my manager and say, "I'm going to go take a smoke break," and they would be like, "But you don't smoke." And I was like, "Nope." And then I would walk out back and I would sit on the crate in the back and just like sit down for five or ten minutes. And I'd go back inside. That's so and, you. <laughs> well, that was because fine, that because they let people who smoke did that. That's exactly right, you know. And 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 they kind of looked at me like we want to be able to say something about this. But we know we cannot say anything about this. And I was like, that's, that's correct. <laughs> Would you so, ever be like, oh, it's my lunch break. I'm going to make something that's not on the menu, like some oh, sort yeah. of weird nachos. Or oh, something. yeah, totally. Mm, we did nachos. that all the time. Yeah. 
And you always you always knew like if you were gonna get a steak, you knew like which person on the grill you wanted working because they actually knew how to you know do it perfectly and that kind of stuff. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I worked at Pizza Hut also when I was in college, and we would do the same thing. We would make like the craziest, most delicious pastas and pizzas really? that you could never in a million years order. Pizza Hut. I just like that you were called an Apple buddy. That was like yeah, in the training maybe. material. Everyone who works there is an Apple buddy. That's I did correct. not know that. Office no space idea. totally ended flair for everything. Wait, what Weirdly, are the uh, what are the customers called? I think they were called guests. <laughs> that's Matt. That's the Apple Core. <laughs> oh boy, boy, boy! Yeah. No, wow. no, 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 no! And we're yes. back. <laughs> Drinking the A game. Oh, boy. There's that five hour energy kicking in. Yes. <laughs> All right. What Took are we really minutes. here to talk about? Yeah. So hey, like let's let's talk about what's ahead this season. Uh, in on the fascinating podcast, I'd I'd love to hear what I mean for listeners. If you want to know how the sausage is made, like we had our planning meeting already, like we know. But I, I'd love to hear like what y'all are excited about for this season. Like you know, we're investing a lot of our energy emotionally and otherwise in it. So like, why? What are you? What are you? What are you pumped about? Yeah, well, I, I think you know, two seasons ago, we really we talked about deconstruction quite a bit. And we all four of us felt like at the end of that, we wanted to do something kind of positive, uplifting. And so that's why last season, we talked about reconstruction, how do you rebuild in the midst of uh, when you're kind of taking apart some core beliefs in your life. Uh, This season, what we've been talking about is this idea of, uh, in addition to the pop culture things we usually do, also this idea of sort of imagination of what could be Uh, So not just rebuilding, but like, could we stretch our minds a little bit to think of difficult topics uh, in in different areas that we could say, not just what if we made it better? What if we incrementally changed it? But what if there was a massive alteration? Like, what are we shooting for? What, What would be something that's actually good in this troublesome part of the world or our culture or whatever? Uh, So maybe we could get a couple examples of what what that kind of thing would be but that's what we've been talking about yes <laughs> i'll go we great were, okay like, fine like silence what if well, we had a silent podcast that's something we've been talking about like, just JR. like a, a smoking break podcast that's just right for 10 minutes of nothing <laughs> that's what everybody wants just quiet 10 minutes of quiet um <laughs> JR, you had mentioned during one episode, I, I can't remember, I think we were live on it on an episode and I, you or Matt said something about the, oh, what was it? The something imagination? What did you prophetic call it? Prophetic imagination. The prophetic, you're prophetic. The prophetic imagination. And um, I think we heard from a listener or two that that was a really intriguing idea and it just felt like coming out of deconstruction, moving towards reconstruction, that that was a possible way to frame it, among other things. Yeah, and that that language is from Walter Brueggemann. He has a, a really terrific, uh, pretty small book called The Prophetic Imagination. And he talks about the prophets in Israel and his take on what the role of a prophet was, was that it was the prophet's job to give the people of God language so that they could see like God's preferred future. 
because uh, a lot of times when we're in the midst of trauma or, or when even we just I think when we're in the midst of a difficult, complicated scenario, it can be difficult for us to imagine anything different. So like I know when I first started looking into uh, voting rights, it became so discouraging and overwhelming because it's such a complicated, fraught issue. And a lot of the a lot of the solutions are much more difficult than just like go vote. Like that's that's fine, but part of the insidious nature of voter suppression is that it actually keeps people from even getting to the ballot box, right? And so you you begin to think, well, what could what could I ever even do about this kind of big systemic evil, right? And so that's where the prophet's role is to come along and paint a picture of a preferred future that is concrete and compelling and it makes it possible for for us to step into that preferred future to take action and to live into that and so you know the four of us were like well we don't know much but we know a lot of people and so i think that was kind of our, our thought was let's take some of these big issues that we keep coming back to again and again and again in our culture and our faith and let's connect with some prophets who can offer us these kind of better preferred visions of the future um so whether that's theological i i think someone that immediately leapt to, to our minds was uh dominic gilliard who we had on when his book rethinking incarceration came out right a lot of us when we learn about the injustices of mass incarceration we feel paralyzed like we know it's bad but we don't know what to do about it uh, so we have someone like dominic who can guide us with his prophetic imagination right someone who can see a preferred future and can even give us some like tangible steps along the way towards achieving that preferred future What do, you, what do you think, Kathy? What what kind of thing are you thinking about this season that you're excited about? So I'm actually excited about talking um, about pop culture again. And yeah. I think part of it is, well, I mean, for all of us, right? We've been, okay, maybe not all of us. Those of us who are in states that had, you know, stay-at-home requirements and mask mandates, I just feel like life has changed quite a bit and it's still changing. So um, Peter Elias, who was home last week, uh, we just went and saw our first movie in a movie theater last week. And it was a strange experience. And um, we saw Tenet. And then Peter and Elias went to go see it again. (laughs) And normally (laughs) that kind of experience, right? Like there'd be a ton of people because it's opening night. Nobody. There were the three of us like in the middle of the theater. And then there were like five other people spread out in the movie theater. So I'm interested in talking about how these communal experiences are changing yet again And then I'm curious to find out what all of you have been watching and reading or looking forward to in the weeks to come. Yeah, it's it's always fun to catch up with each other. And I feel like we have such a diverse group of things we're interested in that I always get good recommendations from all of you. Uh, Well, with that in mind, what do we want to talk about a couple of the topics that we're planning on covering? Or do we want to just leave that up? to uh, listener surprise. Sure. I mean, I think it'd be great too, if there's topics that listeners are going like, yeah, I don't really know what to do with this. We would love to hear uh, either topics you're interested in, interested in, or people 
who you're saying like, this person's really changing the way I'm thinking about something that maybe we could talk to and, and uh, see how they change our way of thinking. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So listeners, let us know what are some, t- what are some areas where you know that we need change and you just feel paralyzed. You feel like you don't know what to do. Or like Matt said, people that have helped you begin to put some language and some imagery around what that change looks like. Uh, let's know. Cause we're, we're still building out this season. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've got a few topics set, but we we're still building it. And honestly, this season is going to fall with the election oh. and Lord knows what <laughs> life is going to look like. I, I just, I thought this was already settled. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I imagine there'll be some things to talk about, like the day after election day when nobody's yielded anything, no matter what. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, and I think too, uh, what we've seen in 2020 for sure is just multiple fault lines in our culture, right? Like we've seen things with protests, like Portland, we had over 100 days of por- protests before the fires came and all the protesters turned their attention toward helping the community deal with the fires. But there's things about uh, how the police work. So police reform of some kind. Uh, What is a good kind of, like, what is a kind of protest that actually works? Um, You know, the uh, JR mentioned incarceration. I think there's a lot of things like that that are impacting our daily life, depending on where we live. Um, And I think too, we look at, issues in the church, like I'm pretty interested in us talking about the LGBT community, uh, where we, we do have devout Christians in that community, but what we don't see is the church at large, uh, intersecting with the LGBT community in the way that I think we could. Uh, so a conversation about that I think would be interesting. And the whole thing is we're not coming with answers, right? We're coming with a hopeful future. Like what if we could get to this? Uh, which I think is really exciting and it'll be fun to have some, some hope filled thoughts uh, every week here on the fascinating podcast. Yeah, that would be fun. I'll, I'll do my best to have one now and again <laughs> to be hope filled. Yeah. <laughs> or to have, have a, one moment. You said one per episode, right? Yeah. It doesn't okay. have to be you every, every week either. But <laughs> you can be really upset every week. It's fine. Setting the bar high. We'll, we'll rotate. We'll assign it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we're also going to make, we also made a commitment to try to keep the episodes uh, a little shorter. And when we say shorter, <laughs> we don't mean shorter than they were back in the day. We mean like shorter than the hour and a half marathon beasties that we were cranking out at, by the end of last season. So uh, with that in mind, we're going to start winding this one down, especially because we're just back, right? Uh, but we thought yeah. it would be fun since it has been so long since we've all been together to maybe do a, a supersized what's fascinating this week and each of us maybe share a couple of things that have caught our eye over the summer pop culture wise uh things we've been enjoying so uh kathy i'm curious since you all made it back to a movie theater first of all uh, which chain was it that you went to we went to the local amc okay and uh didn't realize they were open actually so uh we went we were like the three out of maybe eight people there that were there. So super empty. I don't know how they're going to stay open, to be honest. I don't think they Um, do either. Right. Like, and we didn't buy concessions. So we're the worst (laughs) because they're not going to make any money off of us. Um, And I brought my own wipes. (laughs) 
Peter and Elias were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what to expect. Elias still didn't understand the wipes by that point. Yeah, he was like, what are you bringing the wipes for? I'm like, ew. I mean, it was gross to begin with this. Anyway, they had wipes. They had a hand sanitizer. It didn't smell quite like feet, but there still was like that hint of sweat and feet there. Um, But we went to go see Tenet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we went to see Tenet. And it was the movie that we've all been kind of like waiting for. We had thought maybe because, you know, wasn't it supposed to be out like early summer? Yes. Um, So, you know, we're all home. And then we realized, oh, we won't get to watch it together because the movies aren't open. Um, And we really enjoyed it. And we were thoroughly confused, as we anticipated being. Um, We each caught a few different things. um, And we felt a little more comfortable whispering to each other because it was literally (laughs) like we were home. (laughs) It was so strange. Um, And then Peter and Elias went to go see it again. How did they, how did, how did the second viewing rate for them? Uh, So uh, Elias said that he caught a few more things, but he needed time to like sort it out in his mind. Peter, sorry, honey. He said that he fell asleep a little bit. (laughs) So I don't know what he means by a little bit, but you know, those chairs are kind of comfy because they're the like reclining chairs. Oh yeah. And yeah. So uh, he fell asleep a little bit, but then he said that what he did see made him all the more confused. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah. A little, (laughs) you know, time warpy and playing with time. So um, I enjoyed it. I would like to watch it again, but I don't know if I want to pay theater prices to see it again. That's usually my problem. I'm not the best uh, consumer on that end. Like when I fell asleep during Avatar. And I remember <laughs> I went to sleep and it was like a movie. And I woke up and everyone was blue and had tails and <laughs> lost. You must have you fallen asleep confused. real early in that movie, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough I've night. never watched the movie. So we own it's it. Fine. I've never watched the movie. Oh, man. You gotta watch it in 3D or or I mean, you might as well just watch dances with wolves with blue glasses on. Okay, I'm not gonna do either of those. Um, but I did catch <laughs> I, I did finally watch Shits Creek. Oh and JR, were you the one who told me I should watch it? Someone someone I told definitely me, did tell you to watch it. Okay. I don't know if I was the one. Well, somebody told me I should watch it, and then with the caveat that I should watch it because I could be somebody in the show. Oh, no. And then, so then the whole time I was like, who am I supposed to be? Who are you supposed to be in that I show? What did you decide? I don't know. But then. Alexis. The other, well, well, so the other <laughs> night. Ew, David, ew. Um, we had our friends come over for dinner outside on the patio. And I was wearing a shirt. That was all sequins. So, <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so that I was like, oh, shoot. Am I Moira? <laughs> I don't know. I also had red lipstick on. So so then I was confused. But I did finally watch Shit's Creek. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like mind-numbing 
eye candy. It was just yes. kind of fun, that but show- also it was good. It was good. Yeah. The title turned me off for so long. I kept hearing you guys talk about it. I was like, no, sounds dumb. Oh, and then we watched it. I was like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. There were moments where I was like, oh, I'm tearing up. And it caught me off guard. And there were never, like, it was, the humor was funny, but not, like, terribly uncomfortable. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. So it was, it was good. Well, and it was interesting. The whole last season, maybe the last season and a half, wasn't particularly funny. It was just like, let's pay off some of the emotional mm-hmm. connections of these characters, which I thought was really interesting. Like, it wasn't really a comedy anymore. It was like a family, like a study of this family. Yes. What are you talking it was about? A good it was hilarious. A dramedy? Was a no, dramedy. it was way less funny toward the end than it was at the beginning. I mean, you can be wrong. That's fine. We've been on this show long <laughs> enough to know that you often are. I have watched none episodes of that. <gasps> really? Oh, it's so funny. That's significantly less funny than watching them <laughs> in any season. Okay, Clay. Well, what what have you, what do you got? What what's been uh, what's been captivating you this summer? Well, uh, I, yeah, as the resident quote unquote jock of the show, the return of sports. <laughs> like it's not fair. Mm. It's not fair. Hockey came back and it started with games starting at 11 a.m. and playing all day for like weeks. And that's hockey just ball. Yay. That's just terrible, terrible thing to do. Wait, to is me. that different than what hockey usually is? It's not normally on all through the day, all day during work days now. It usually starts after dinner, like any other sport. Oh, but they were going all day. Why? Because they needed to fill other hours. They, the they created bubbles, just like basketball. Some of these leagues, oh. so like they brought. They brought a whole bunch of teams into a one city and they created a bubble and they played like all of this, like, because the seasons were all uh, abruptly ended. So they had to figure out how to like conclude their season, right? So, yeah, a lot of sports, but obviously, uh, I mean, Jen watches hockey with me, but we uh, recently are watching Cobra Kai, which I. <laughs> yes. It's so sad that they put that on YouTube's <laughs> stupid experimental channel because that thing should have been like a sensation the minute it came out. It is, it's kind of taken off now that it's on Netflix. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, it was on the stupidest platform in history, and it's such a great, great show. I can't believe how good it is. I expected it to be fun, and like, I really love it. But we've watched a lot of things. Um, uh, JR, we watched Nosferatu, and I know you wrote a piece for I Think Christian about Nosferatu. Oh, that's a that's a TV show, right? Not TV the original show movie. based on uh, yeah. Joe Hill's book. Oh, was it season two or three? They just finished JR. Season two, I think. Two and it got canceled. So two. Yeah, season. It, it was it was so bad. I was like actively rooting for all of the main characters to be killed by the end. It, what? It, it went on. It jumped the shark so hard in season two. Um, but yeah. season one was was really enjoyable. And um, gosh, we watched number of things as we have not really left our house we were going to go see bill and ted at the movie theater uh but then we found out we could just watch it on our tv so we did that instead kathy so we didn't go into a theater that didn't quite smell like feet and have that Mm -hmm. pleasurable experience man bill and ted was our first movie back in a theater and we went to an alamo draft house which they're doing a really good job with their social distancing protocols and I don't know if it was just because it was our first movie back in the theater, but I loved Bill and Ted so hard. Like, it was amazing. 
I it's an well, it's an objectively great movie. And when we went to rent it, they were smart, right? Because they figured people are going to watch this who would normally go to a theater to see it. And it was like you could rent it for I don't know twenty dollars, but you could buy it for twenty five. Uh, or something like that. So, you know, we just obviously bought it. And I was like, I'm pretty confident I'm going to want to rewatch this one. True story. My wife had never seen any of the Bill and Ted films. <laughs> so did she rewatch? <laughs> on a Monday night, we watched Excellent Adventure. Uh-huh. On a Tuesday night, we watched Bogus Journey. And then we went and saw Face the Music on a Wednesday night. Wow. <laughs> and she, I mean, she loved it. Like she, and she, she came out of the Millennial, movie saying, man. like, I'm so glad that I watched the first two. Like at all, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is very much a trilogy. Like they hold together so well and it's such for all of the, for all of the terrible sequels that we've gotten that have just been like cash grabs 20 years later. Uh, this was, it just didn't feel like that at all. It felt, it felt very much like a love letter to those two ridiculous characters. And I just, I thought it was great. Well, Peter and I will have to watch it because the first movie was actually a test for me. <laughs> yeah. So, so what kind of test? I think you know it that. was it was a will I pass the humor test. It, because will I stay yeah. in a relationship with this person test, Matt? Yes. Cuz he couldn't imagine <laughs> marrying somebody who could not appreciate Bill and Ted. It's fair. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> that is a most so, famous test. That was my test. And apparently I passed because here we are. (laughs) But that was literally a test. And then he showed you Bogus Journey. He's like, I don't really care if you think this one's funny, but you should watch it because you watched the first one. No, it was just the first one. Matt's a Bogus Journey hater, which is bogus. I wouldn't say I hate the whole thing. There's a couple scenes that are funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's, let's have a little hope. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen three yet. I hear it's great. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, what do you got, Matt? Um, you know, I read a young adult fantasy novel. So it's urban fantasy, meaning it's set in our world and kind of roughly contemporary time called Alatsoe. That's E-L-A-T-S-O-E by uh, a woman named Darcy Little Badger. And Darcy and I have become friends online. We've known each other for a couple of years. Uh, her book is amazing. It is so fun. Like, I just loved it. It's a, uh, so there's a native girl in it who, and she, the world they live in is kind of like all the magic and mythology of different uh, cultures is more or less true, but it's kind of treated like religion in our world. Like it's there. Everybody has their own thing, but it's not like pervasive and everything. So, uh, so yeah, you'll have these people who've been infected by vampirism from Europe and they're in America and they're like trying to deal with it. Uh, and then she, uh, part of her family, uh, passed down from eldest woman to eldest woman is the ability to kind of bring spirits back like, um, ghosts essentially, mostly animals. Cause if, when humans come back, uh, they're always violent, always. And what happens in the novel is that her cousin dies uh, under mysterious circumstances, and she has a dream that he tells her that it was murder. And so she and her family actually uh, set out to try and discover what's happened and keep people. So like her 
cousin's wife uh, is not native and doesn't see why it would be a big deal to bring him back as a ghost. So they're navigating all these complex kind of intercultural issues in addition to the uh, to the other things going on. And it's just really fun. There's some really, really innovative, interesting things. Probably the best way of dealing with a vampire that I've ever seen. Like I laughed out loud when it happened. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun book. So that's one I've been enjoying a lot. And I pushed it on my kids too, and they've enjoyed it. Um, Jay, you picked that up, right? Have you read it yet? Picked it up, but I have not read it because I'm in the okay. middle of a fantasy trilogy. So Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I love that. The Let's see what else. Um, I mean, like everyone, I've been watching a lot of various things on streaming, I think. Um, the other book that just came out that I really have enjoyed is another debut, uh, which is The uh, Bone Shard Daughter. It's another fantasy. Uh, it's epic fantasy, third world, not third world, uh, secondary world, meaning not our world, right? Uh, and Asian inspired. So Andrea Stewart, who wrote it, is uh, Asian American. And she, uh, the, it's just really fun. It's the first in a trilogy. And it was one of those books when you hit the end and you're like, oh no, what? how long until the next one comes out? And I went and checked on Andrea's Twitter and she's like, hey, I'm writing the second book right now, but also I'm pregnant uh, and about to have a baby. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, Andrea, write fast. <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying when you love the first two books in a series and the author won't finish the third one. Yeah, I know. Oh, right? That sounds really cool though. Like, is there an audio version? Uh, I'm guessing there probably is. I, I could look. Um, Bone Shard Daughter is really fun, too. The main idea there is it, it's about empire, but the empire is kind of in decay. And the power of the empire comes from Bone Shard magic, which is magic that is uh, they require every child in the empire to give a small bit of bone uh, at their certain birthday. And then the emperor can use that bone to create like these, uh, I, I don't know what you'd call them, like animals that obey and do his will. So they'll become things like uh, warriors or, uh, you know, they'll literally be taking care of making sure people who come into port pay their taxes, things like this. But when the creature uses your bone, when it's used up, you get a bone sickness and you die. So it's this kind of built-in, baked-in uh, idea of, the injustice of what's necessary to keep the the kingdom up and running the empire. Um, but yeah, really great book, complicated and interesting, but really fun and easy to read. Yeah. So that one's fun too. And then uh, I, I should mention movie theaters are not open here. Oh, uh, so everyone's like, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, Nope, I'm not able to. Um, but when I dropped my daughter off in Santa Barbara, we were like, what should we do tonight? We had kind of kicked around and done all our work. We had tried to think of anything fun we could do. So we'd gone out for shave ice and we're just hanging out. Mm. And I said, well, let's just see, like maybe there's Shakespeare in the park or something. Uh, and we discovered there was, there's a, uh, there's a drive-in like two miles from our house. Uh, so we went and saw new mutants at the drive-in, which was super fun. We just had a good time. Now, Matt, will you walk us through your emotional experience with the film that you saw? <laughs> okay, so the first time I read a New Mutants comic, I was probably 14 years old. And I loved it. 
and I read all of them. Like, uh, I wasn't there at the beginning, right? But I read all the comics, collected them. Uh, <laughs> so really love the characters, feel like I sort of grew up with them. So when they said there's going to be a New Mutants movie, I said, well, it'll probably be terrible, but I love the New Mutants, so I'll have to go see it. And the X-Men movies, I rarely super enjoy them. Um, so I was like, well, it'll probably be terrible. And then they said, oh, it's getting made. It's about to come out. And then they're like, actually, it is super terrible. And they're doing reshoots. And I was like, oh, no. And then over and over, which apparently was not true. But then over and over, it just kept getting pushed back, pushed back. Then Sony got bought by Disney. Fox. Or Fox, yeah. And got all the rights. And then Disney's not sure they're going to release it because it messes with their Marvel world. So I was like, it's just never going to happen. And I would always, every time they're like, hey, here's the new due date, I would always send it to JR. Like, look, it's coming, I swear. Uh, so when it actually said, hey, we're going to release it during this pandemic, I was like, uh-huh, of course you are. I was like, this movie doesn't even exist. You just made a trailer. Liars. Uh, yeah, and then so actually going and watching it was really fun. It was, it was a fun moment. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to feel like an expert. When my daughter afterwards is like, what was happening with this character? And I was like, well, they changed it pretty radically, but here's what was actually happening. You know? Uh, yeah. And the movie itself is fun. Like it's really enjoyable to watch. It makes no sense. It's like super stupid in multiple places. Uh, but it was fun. I had a good time and I felt like they got the core of the characters, right? Most of them. Uh, and that's one of the things that I really enjoyed was just seeing these these people I like on the screen. And like, yeah, it was a surprisingly good film for as many release problems as it had. Yeah, there there really wasn't much to complain about it other than the fact that, I mean, there was some probably the way they marketed it wasn't completely honest, um, which is normal. But I think also the characters are just a little dumb in the way they use their powers. That was part of it. Like one of the girls can teleport and uh, like at one point, uh, someone's like, I'm locking you in your room and locks her in. She's like, no, no, let me out. No. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, but you can teleport. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you just mm. pop out of there? Like, oh, I mean, this is a pretty consistent problem though, with the X-Men films and, and honestly like superhero movies in general. Right. You know, is that you give these people like world breaking abilities and then you have to somehow create conflict. I'm not, I'm not excusing the film. I'm just saying like, Right. Like it, well, this, is, this is something that happens. Part of it is they're just assuming we're moving fast and we could spend right. three minutes explaining that there's a teleport dampener in your room. Uh, but that's <laughs> not the most important thing. Right. Because at, at the end of the day, we respond more to the emotion of the film. Right. Right. And so the fact that, you know, she has like a nervous breakdown, you know, in whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, all that to say, if those same actors showed up playing those characters, and like popped into a Spider-Man movie or something, I'd be thrilled. Like, <laughs> yeah, bring them in. Yeah. Fun. They're all like five years older now, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean the snap, man. Time yep. is irrelevant as right. we know from Tenet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. right. Rewind it. Yeah. No, that's not what they say. They don't say that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not allowed to go to that movie. Why not? It's not, I can't know. The theaters are open. Oh, that doesn't mean you're not allowed. I mean, I it's could fly somewhere, I guess. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get you to come to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I'm going <laughs> to drive for four days to go watch it. 
<laughs> uh, okay, well, it, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Kathy. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just saying, I know we're running short on time, so I'll just add a couple real quick. I'm curious, Kathy, have you been watching Lovecraft Country? No. Okay. <laughs> it's on the list. I just, I didn't know but, if, yeah. you know, a lot, like our, our friend Irene Cho was yes. asking people, she's like, I don't like horror, but I want to watch this, how scary it is. So I didn't know if it was like that or, again, there's a lot to watch right now and we're in a pandemic. Yeah, no. So. I think at some point we all started actually working again. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like kind of waking up from the shock of it all. And so now it's like, wait, there's not enough time to watch all of these things that we want to watch. But yeah. alas. Yeah. Well, uh, it's five episodes in as the time of recording. By the time it releases, a sixth episode will be out. And I think they're doing a really good job with it. Uh, it's been a long time since I read the book. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, Matt and Allie and I were talking. She re- so if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but y'all watched the first episode, then she went and read the book, and then you've been watching it since. Yeah, I think she she had started the book like just barely started when we watched the first episode. Okay. And Zoe, of course, has read the whole book. Right. Um. Yeah. So we're on. I think we've seen episode three now. Okay. The one with the haunted house. the haunted house one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the last one we saw. Um, so one of the things, cause I, you know, I was thinking, I was saying, man, watching this makes me want to go, cause I'll get like halfway through an episode and go, oh yeah, like now I remember this short story, like this, this chapter, you know? So I was telling Allie, like I was thinking about going back and rereading it. And she said that she would recommend waiting and like finishing the show and then reading the book. Cause she's actually found some of the differences distracting. Um, so oh. people who are listening, if you were thinking about it, that's Allie's sage advice. I would take it, uh, I am taking it, so you should also take it. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's interesting because the author of the book, Matt Ruff, is a white man, but the show is a black female showrunner, uh, black producer, black directors, black almost almost entirely black cast, certainly black leads, which is very much in keeping with the book. So I will be very interested once the show is finished to kind of go back and compare what does it look like when a white person handles this material versus like when black persons handle this material. You know, I think yeah. that's a really interesting question. Um, that again, I haven't read the book in long enough that I couldn't speak with any sort of, uh, ha- I don't have anything interesting to say about that at this point. One, one thing Ali pointed out was there's a, a certain supernatural character that the African-American characters end up kind of aligning with. in one of the stories in the book, because he's against these evil white magicians. So he's also white and also evil, but they align with him because they hate their other enemy. Uh, and in the show, they just, they destroy him. They destroy him, which oh, I thought was, was okay, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So anyway, Lovecraft country has been great. I think I love that it's being released week to week because each episode has so much to talk about. I think particularly the episode that just aired episode five, what, uh, has really been interesting to kind of follow a lot of the conversation. Um, and I think it's one of the ones that I was the most, uh, anxious isn't exactly the right word, but I thought if there was any if there was any episode where they really had the chance to mess it up real bad, it would be this one. And and again, from all of the conversation I've been seeing, it seems the opposite. It seems really to have sparked a lot of uh, really positive engagement and commentary. So uh, I thought that was really cool. So yeah, Lovecraft Country been been really enjoying that a lot. Uh, I actually just started Raised by Wolves, which is the Ridley Scott sci fi show that HBO Max is doing. Uh, that's incredible. I'm three episodes in so far and it's, it's really great. Uh, 
Peter, at least, did you, did you and Peter watch that or just Peter, Kathy? I know he had me- just messaged. Just Peter. Okay. Yeah, just Peter. Um, I'll have to message him then because, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, it's from Ridley Scott who did the whole Alien franchise and the whole series is about there's been a there's been a war on Earth between atheists and theists. They're not they're not mm. Christians. In fact, they call themselves Mithraists and they worship soul, the like sun god. But um, the the Mithraists won, and so this like the first episode is this ship with these two a male and a female android who just call each other mother and father land on this planet that can support human life. They grow six human children and raise them, and then of course the the Mithraeus arc shows up by the end of the episode. So that's kind of the 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 start of the whole series. Um, so there's a lot of interesting questions about religion. Mithraism is an actual religion, though, right? Like I mean, ancient there were, religion. There were Mithraic cults in Rome, kind of, sort of, probably, yeah. But it, but again, <laughs> it's it's very unclear so far if this has anything to do with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just have the same name. What I thought was super fun, though, was the androids bleed, quote unquote, bleed white, like milk-looking blood, which is the same kind of thing that happens oh. to the androids in the Alien series. Uh oh. Right. If you've seen so, but again, Ridley Scott, right? Same showrunner, same same director. So, I don't know if that's just like a fun Easter egg that he threw in, or if he intends these all to be sort of in the same universe. Like, I don't know. But again, this is the guy that did Alien. This is the guy that did Blade Runner, and now he's doing androids on an alien planet. Like, it's it's pretty terrific so far. It's it's surprised me repeatedly. Uh, yeah, it's great. I have no idea where the show's going, and I'm really captivated by it. So. That and then the book recommendation I wanted to throw out. Did we talk about Mexican Gothic or the only good Indians before we signed off for the season? I don't think so. Those are two horror books that came out this year that are amazing. Um, Mexican Gothic is literally what it sounds like. It is a it is a intentionally Mexican spin on the Victorian haunted house story. And it has all it has all kinds of layers in it. It is on its own. It's just a great haunted house story. But it also has all of these layers of colonialism and stuff like that that are just it really is one of those books that just astounded me. Uh, the only go ahead. Oh, I just said wow. Oh, uh, the only good Indians is written by Stephen Graham Jones, who is a Blackfeet author, and it is a horror story that centers around four young men from the Blackfeet Indian reservation and what like just sort of something that happens when they're younger and how that has repercussions once they're older. Uh, and I'm trying to be as vague as possible because it was another book that completely surprised me. Like by, I was like in, you know, halfway through part one and I was like, okay, like I have the shape of this book, right? Like I've read a lot of books and I, I now have the shape of this one. I have my expectations set. And then I turned the page and it was like, like all, all of that was gone and i was like oh i have no idea what's happening oh my gosh what is this book like it was man it was great i think the last book that i remember having that strong of a like shocked reaction to was gone girl um when that book took the turn it takes in the middle of the book i was like what and it made me like want to go back and reread the whole first half and figure out you know it was the same kind of thing here where i was like okay I thought this was something and it's something totally different. So yeah, both of those books, uh, really terrific reads this summer. So nice. there we go. Yeah. 
All right, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. I don't think we quite managed to keep it under an hour, but we kept it under an hour and a half, so good for us. We'll call it a win for the first episode. We are glad to be back with all of you listeners. Uh, Sorry we were gone for so long, but, you know, had a a much-needed break. Uh, We will be back. Uh, We're going to tackle voting rights first, since, you know, we have an election coming up, and we wanted to make sure that uh, we had a chance to... uh, give you some good information about that. And again, specifically talk about what it could look like to do that kind of stuff differently. So in our next episode, we're going to be talking a lot about that until then we would love to hear, uh, what are some places that you uh, are craving some prophetic imagination? What are some topics? What are some people we should be talking to? And of course, also we'd love to hear what you're into and what has been keeping you busy during the pandemic. So, uh, until next time, Please take care of yourselves out there. If you're in on the left coast, stay safe, stay smokeless. Uh, if you're anywhere else, of course, wear your masks, take care of each other. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye.